growing up the way that I did, wanting to be perfect, my sister and I were overweight. We would be called Bertha Butt. I had those teachers tell me that I wasn't good enough. My medical records is the way that they described me. Depressed, fearful, frightened, angry, helpless, hopeless, depressed, worthless, detached. And now I'm speaking to like 800 of you. And I'm not patting myself on the back, I'm really not. Our experiences, good and bad, make us who we are. A big one for me is my battle with mental illness and my stay in the mental hospital. It's my story, I'm not embarrassed, and it's the story that brings me to send you a long distance hug every single week. So welcome friend to the podcast closet today bringing you Consider Yourself Hugged episode 53, Getting Through Tough Times with Jennifer Walden. I am Dr. Tammy West here every week to bring you tips on living a life that brings you mental and emotional well-being. I hope you've had a great week since we were last together. Um, I wanted to tell you, I mean, coronavirus is really affecting me. Okay, Well, sorry, not, not the actual coronavirus, like I didn't pick it up on a plane or anything, but shipping, believe it or not. So, okay, let, let me start all over. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, maybe when I did the podcast with my granddaughter, Emma, about hugs, maybe not. Ugh, the memory thing. Those of you who might be my age, 50s, you know. Anyway, I may have mentioned that I ordered Consider Yourself Hugged pins. You know, they're like the little lapel pins that you can put on, well, your lapel or your sweater, whatever. And they say, Consider Yourself Hugged. And I made sure that I ordered them early enough so that I could have them for this exciting event that I'm speaking for next week. FYI, let me give you a quick shout out to the Illinois Board of Education. They put on a wellness event for their staff to help them address taking care of themselves, mental well-being, emotional well-being, all the things we talk about here. Um, They do it for their staff. And of course, the ultimate goal is that the children that they impact will will also have better emotional health. So anyway, I wanted to have the pins because the goal of the pins was to for for people to get them as gifts. And so what I'm going to do is post in the show note the best that I can do is some sort of visual graphic because I don't have them yet. But the, but the but the pin would be put on a you can't see my fingers here, but it would be put on a little card like maybe a a three by three inch cute little brown card. The pin would be popped in and there would be something on there. If you give it to someone that you're saying, consider yourself hugged, you're giving them a hug, but there will be, I don't know, a sentiment, a poem. So what I would like for you to do is to think about if someone walked up to you and they gave you this, this hug in the form of a pin and it's on a little card and they can wear the pin and keep the card and they can read it and it would inspire them and make them feel hugged, what would, it, what would you like to see on it? You can put it in the show notes. You can put it on Facebook. You can put it, I'm trying to do better of putting things on Twitter and Instagram, but let me know. I mean, I'll, I'll even do a drawing and whichever, if I pick something, I will send you 10 of these pins. I'm just making this up as I talk, but I would really love your input on what would make you feel loved and hugged if it were words on a card. So I'll, I'll put a picture of kind of what I'm talking about and hopefully that would, that makes sense. I feel like I'm completely rambling. So Let's just move on to our guest today. You know, it's funny how you might have a relationship with someone for a season 
and then you lose touch and then you reconnect. That's the case with Jennifer Walden. I wish I, I wish I could find the words to express how positive and thoughtful and wise this woman is. We taught together. I mean, I left teaching in 2005, and I think she left the school where I was teaching a few years before that. So we probably really haven't been connected in, I don't even know, a long time. I can't do the math. But we reconnected. There's a purpose for our reconnection. We're going to be doing some things together I'm very excited about. So you'll find out in a second when you hear her how positive, thoughtful, and wise she is. As I try to always do when I have a guest, I will first share Jennifer on paper. So I'll read her bio. And then you'll get to hear Jennifer the heart. So here we go about Jennifer. With degrees in history, psychology, and education... See, I told you she was smart. Jennifer Walden has served in various educational fields for more than 20 years. Her teaching and administrative roles in public, private, and Christian education have afforded her the unique opportunity to work with a wide range of people from varied economic, religious, and social circumstances. And let me interject, she has a heart for this. Jen, oh, that's interesting. I think she might sometimes be called Jen. Jen, I do not know this. Jen has been nationally recognized for her design and implementation of programs serving at-risk youth and currently works with underserved and at-risk populations through volunteering and partnering with local and national nonprofit organizations. Her most recent projects specifically focus on influence and empowering women. Her blog, Jen's Closet, is that not the best name? I mean, especially because I have the podcast closet. Let me tell you, we connect so much. Jen's Closet is dedicated to inspiring spiritual wholeness in women and transparent communities of faith. Pouring herself into a teaching career and church ministry brought her a great deal of fulfillment. But meeting her husband, Kirk, when she was 33, was an answer to prayer. As an ovarian cancer survivor, which we're going to talk about today, Jen didn't think it was in the cards to have children. Yet marrying a single dad immediately blessed her with three children. Then Jen and Kirk were surprised with two miracle babies who are now growing into young man. Today, she enjoys homeschooling their two youngest while also supporting Kirk as he speaks and writes for nonprofit ministries in the U.S. and throughout the world. Jen and her husband, Kirk, live in the suburbs of Nashville, Tennessee, with their two youngest children and a cat, Meatloaf, love that, and a dog, Albie, who is absolutely precious. Jen loves the outdoors and finds escape in gardening, walking, and reading a good book on the back porch. And she has an amazing podcast set up, which I posted a picture of in the show notes. So please enjoy, learn from, listen to, and fall in love with Jennifer Walden. But I knew when we got back together Mm -hmm. to see each other, I was like, this is a story Hmm. people need to hear. And I'm so glad we reconnected. Me too. I really am. Such a gift. And if you're listening, I mean, you're tuning in because you want to hear about things to help you, you know, with your mind and your spirit and your well-being and your emotions and all those things. And so Jennifer is the person to do that. So you've already heard her bio and I don't think I, I don't know if I mentioned before, but we met while we were both teaching mm-hmm. school. It's funny how many people I have in my world who used former teachers. Right. It so. is. 
special group a very special group of people i know and welcome (laughs) by the way and also if you're listening we are not in the podcast closet we are not in my podcast closet we are in a fort (laughs) in jennifer's upstairs and i will take let's take a better picture i love it yeah before we go because she has we have blankets and mattresses and i'm like i would never leave here if i was here i would be here all the time so i'm so glad you're here thank you me too welcome so so honored so tell us a little bit about, you know, we're not structured. Of course, we're friends. Mm-hmm. and But I, when we talked, I said, oh, people need to hear your story. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what all you want people to know about your story, but I will go ahead and ask you if you don't mind. I sure. Mean, one of the big parts I know of your story is a, is a miracle, and I know you probably mm-hmm. learned so much through it, and that is your health. Right. So maybe right. we start there. That's great. Yeah. That is great. And yep. that was that when we were teaching it was in 2001 and I know we definitely I think we were both still teaching at that yeah I didn't leave till 2005 oh yeah so we were we were going through that season at at the school together so yeah and I you know I was 29 and yeah 29 so young (laughs) and was just going about my life and just started having this really unusual pain and um knew it was very um abnormal for me so my I called my dad on he was a medic in the army I was like what do I need to do and he's like yeah he's like go to the ER immediately he knew he's like something's not right so um needless to say I ended up um having emergency surgery and I was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer um so what you you had had symptoms before or it was pretty sudden that you just developed this pain very sudden that I developed the pain it I didn't you know if I had any symptoms prior to that I ignored them didn't realize Mm -hmm. but yeah it was a very sudden thing and so um went to the ER and like I said that's where my journey really began so and it was it was ovarian, mm-hmm. it ovarian yeah but it's a it's an unusual type of ovarian cancer it's called a teratoma tumor and normally affects children uh it's a childhood cancer what yeah so i was actually late in the game to be diagnosed with this um although at our age 29 does seem rather it does like, like doesn't it yes yeah, just a baby um i that was that actually ended up being very significant to me in the long run because um, one of the things that happens when someone's diagnosed with cancer is the people that love you and know you feel very afraid. Yeah. They're afraid because they don't know how to – they're so afraid, well, if it can happen to her, it could happen to anyone. Mm. You know, and so one of the things. So you're not talking about afraid for you, although of course, of they, course were, they were. Of course they were. But also there's this fear just on their own. Right. Because sure. what I found was a lot about human fear and experience through my own journey with cancer because I had really precious people in my life who they didn't know what to do with me. You know, they were dealing with their own internal struggles about how, like I, I'll just say some of the things people said. It's like, how could God let this happen to you? You're just such a good person. And, you know, my first thought was always, well, you don't know me very well. Oh, stop. (laughs) No, but, you know, I'm like, well, uh, you 
you know, I you said that to me a few times now. I'm really gonna have to dig into you, that. You you need to, when girl. You say you're not a good person because <laughs> I have stories, but no, but they're good. You know, there's a good that's come out of those places. But but that I was like, it, it would upset me so much for somebody to say that because. But then I realized, like, they're just dealing with their own fear. They want to believe that if they're good, nothing tragic will ever happen in their life, and they won't experience trauma, and that's just not how it works. So people... I've never heard it worded that way before. I've heard people talk about, you know, well, exactly what you said. Why do bad things happen to good people Mm -hmm. and all that? But I've never heard anybody phrase it in the way that you just said, that in their mind... They're just thinking if they're good. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like on a conscious level, but right. you just, well, I'm good. So it's, right. wow. it's, it's therefore that what they're thinking is God will punish me or, you know, I'm going to get punished if I'm not good, I, I guess is the, what they really mean. And the, the one, the one thing about it for me that was so helpful because I heard that kind of statement more than once was to think, okay, Jennifer, children are diagnosed with this Mm. six-year-old kids were they were they not good what was the problem there and that that really just shut down that kind of tape in my head Mm. to say no this isn't about good or bad this is part of the human condition Mm. and it's about how we support each other through those moments you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that well first of all I'm I'm post embarrassed for even like, how could I have not remembered? Of course we were teaching together. Of course we were teaching together at the time. Mm-hmm. And I even, you know, I remember, like, the faculty, you oh, know, yeah. coming together. Um, so how did you – what path did you take? And I don't – that's what I'm saying. I'm embarrassed to say I don't really remember. Oh, yeah, no. Because we weren't super right. close to the time completely, if you know anything about teaching. Jennifer Busy. taught in the – um, history history department. department and I was in science so there wasn't a lot of hey let's hang out today you right know? um but I wonder like which mental path did you take in the beginning after your diagnosis was it more mm-hmm. of the were you distraught and falling apart because you know you don't if you're listening you may or may not know Jennifer you probably don't but strong woman of faith mm-hmm. you know yeah. raised in the Christian world church going Jesus mm-hmm. believing right growing up so did you what path did you take mentally spiritually <laughs> that's such a great question where'd you go well okay first of all I, I do want to point this out really fast and then maybe move that direction I think that one of the things if I could give friends out there anything to say about cancer is it's like it's like there are many as many types of cancer as there are breeds of dog so it's like you know you say oh I had cancer what that means for somebody can be very different in my case just to give a little bit of background for what it meant for me I was I was single so I didn't have children I I think about that sometimes like how different it would have been had I had a husband and children or whatever but I was going along my particular cancer my doctor told me the first time she met with me she said I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of this and she said and there'll be 85 percent chance it will never come back but it's going to be like taking a sledgehammer and killing a fly. It's going to do a lot of damage, but we're going to get the job done. Wow. She used that exact analogy. That exact analogy. Oh, gosh. So what, so 
one of the things is we assume cancer is the same for everyone. The, the outcome's the same. You know, we have a lot of fears associated with it. But in my case, my my actual prognosis was really good, but the treatment was grueling. It's considered one of the top three most grueling treatments that they have out there, but very effective. So I had to be hospitalized for, you know, five to six days each time. I do kind of remember that. Was it chemo or a combination? It was chemo, yeah. And uh, just to put in perspective, I would would arrive at the hospital, they prep me, and within an hour I would start vomiting. And for the next five days I would vomit hourly. And I say that to say it just sort of helps you understand what this was like for me it was I I you know it's hard to say this honestly but it was like times when death would have been easier you know I'm not kidding I I got then why people can let go um you know you unless you've been with someone who has cancer you see it on television or Mm -hmm. but the but I think the main thing people you alluded to this a little bit. The main thing people think about is, oh, my God, it's cancer. Mm-hmm. And they don't really necessarily think about everything that you're having to go through unless they're with you. Right. It's not just about right. the and cancer. It's about. Yeah. So Ugh. so I said the, the reason I want to share that aspect of it from my, for me is it was like it was a journey. I go from. Being in the doctor's office when she's and, and I felt so shallow looking back that I asked this question. But the first am thing I, I asked, I, I wish I could have said, "Am I going to live? Uh, am I going to be able to have children today? No. Am I going to lose my hair?" That was literally the very first question I asked her and uh, my oncologist. And she, she has beautiful hair. Yeah. FYI. Look at the picture in the bio. Uh, it's so much my list. identity. I mean, I didn't realize it until that moment how much. My hair was part of me, you know, but I did lose it. But uh, so I go from that to then getting hospitalized and, and it just literally, it's it's hard for me to look back and look at it this way because I never thought I'm not going to, I always thought I'm going to make it. So one of the big things that I carried with me is positivity. I, I am going to live through this. But then also, um, I'm sorry, but no, go ahead. How do you? How did you do? Was it your fate? Are you naturally? I'm asking, is if yeah. I don't know you, but are you naturally a positive person? Was it your faith? Was it the people around you? How? Because you're saying the whole time you're like, I'm going to make it through this. Yeah. What? How? I know that's such a. I don't know, Tammy. I. I mean, I want to say it was my faith. That it's. I have some really interesting aspects about faith through that time, like the fact that. Here's the crazy thing. The reason I was telling you how difficult my treatment was is I the, I was so weak. I was so sick that even when I would get home, um, my grandmother was an RN and she had retired and she took care of me a lot through that time. And my mom, they had to bathe me. They had to feed me. I was so weak. I couldn't even do basic things like that. Oh so I remember a friend asking me who came to visit me once through that season, like, what's God teaching you through all of this? I wish you could see her face. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, and, you know, please. Was this during treatment? Yeah, this was during oh. my treatment. And I I wanted to say, I want to say. Be careful. What you, <laughs> beep, beep. No. <laughs> I, I wanted to forgive. I am going to use a word I wouldn't typically use. It's okay. You know, sometimes life just sucks. I don't know what to tell you. This is not fun. This is not easy. I'm not digging deep within. And I literally couldn't even pray, Tammy. I mean, that... 
I could not even pray. I could I couldn't read books. I couldn't I couldn't watch TV. My vision was affected. I just was like, I'm just trying to live right now. I, I didn't have these deep thoughts I was going through, except it's the weirdest place to just be in survival. It's like when people get that amazing energy just to like pick a pick a car off off of someone yeah. in a, in a mm-hmm. dangerous situation. It's like I just. It's like, I have to do this. I have to find an inner strength that's going to get me through this. And I had, I did have some real specific strategies I can share. But just as far as like, could I say it was my spirituality that got me through it? I'm serious. I couldn't pray. I did have people surrounding me. One of my most precious moments is because it's hard to tell people because they want you to be so strong. It, mm-hmm. it helps them through that season. Yes, I bet. As one of the hardest things was to be able to admit to people very close to me, it's like, I can't pray. Like, I literally cannot pray. And you are, you lived the, the epitome of something we hang on our walls a lot. Do you mm-hmm. know what picture I'm talking about? Tell me. Footprints. Oh, in the sand right my grandmother gave me a copy of that when I was going through chemo and that did it held me so much that was you yeah and then you're tearing it I know know well yeah when I couldn't pray this was something so powerful for me I told I told people which was I think was really good I think when we go through tragedy we do want to hide the things that people expect us to be able to do like you don't want to tell people I can't even pray right now but they literally I was so sick at that point I was at home but I was couldn't even get out of my bed and some friends of mine came and surrounded me and literally this for me was just such a powerful thing they literally lifted my hands up for me and they prayed for me I I could not pray even then But the comfort I felt in that moment, it taught me so much about the power of people lifting you. And you can't lift yourself. Yeah. Yeah. How long? How long long were you in treatment? I was, it was spread out because um, I would be in the hospital for five to six days. But then the treatment would pummel my immune system. So I couldn't. They had to wait until my numbers got up to a certain point before I could go back in the hospital. So it would vary. But this ended up being over, uh, I wish I could remember for sure, like probably nine months total, like where I would be in the hospital. I'd have to wait a month. And then I'd go back in for my treatments. So that was sort of it. And you made it. Yeah, I did. I did. (laughs) You said that... um... You said there were some strategies that you used. Yeah. Do you want to share? Sure. I'm very glad to share. Yeah. Yeah. What can, because even if it's not, I'm assuming what you use can help anybody going through struggles. I think so. I really do. Because I've thought about it a lot. It was funny because when I was in the hospital, one of my doctors told me once, he's like, you really need to write a book about this. I was like, what? And I, I realized then that something I was doing was unique about the way I handled it and the way I got through it. And, um, but to me, I was just, I don't know. You know, and one other thing too, just before you do that, is just Tim, Tim was not feeling, my husband, if you don't Mm -hmm. know, was not feeling well the other day. And he was saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'd rather do anything than vomit. I don't. And, you know, as an adult, that is one of the worst. Mm. It's just, it's worse than anything. Mm -hmm. And so to think 
you know, a few years ago I had food poisoning and was, I went to the emergency room, but it was out, it was hours. Mm-hmm. It was hours. Mm-hmm. And then they put the IV in, mm-hmm. they gave me all that medicine, they yeah. gave me all those fluids. And even though I was drained and all that, I was fine. Yeah. To think about going through that over and over and over mm-hmm. and over. And, and you know, I also think when you said that, the, the medications don't take that away completely. No. Even in 2020. I know. And my doctor, she was such an amazing woman, but she even told me when she said, we're going to look back in your lifetime and these treatments will be barbaric. But she said, it's all we've got right now. She said, we're even close to finding ways to prevent hair loss from chemo. She said, but we're just not there yet. No. And I think you know our granddaughter just went through Ewing's sarcoma. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she went through about nine months, and it was very similar as far as she would get so sick, and then they would have to put her treatments off, and she was just yeah. sick, 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 sick. Yeah. So anyway, I said all of that to say you're, whatever you did to handle it in a unique way, because I can't think of anything worse yeah. than being that kind of sick. So whatever you're going to share. Yeah, from a personal, like, of course, I think about you know, I have friends who've lost children. I've had friends go through divorce. You know, honestly, I'd rather go through what I did than well, any of those. So I, it's of course, something. Yes, yeah, there are worse. Things. Yeah, I know, but I'm like, I think that the that the strategy. So I wanted. I just want to say that because I feel like that's important to to recognize. No, people you're right. Who have gone through those kinds of tragedies, but I still think there are things we can do that get us on the other side. And, um, but anyways, yes. And I, I do have a couple of strategies that for me ended up being really important and really helpful to me. And some of them were so ridiculously simple, Okay. but it made all the difference for me. And, um, and I don't know, like if you're going through something difficult, I don't know what this looks like, but for me to be able to, to have sort of a, it was a time thing for me because when I go in the hospital, I, I knew I had six days. The first day I go in, I was a mess. I'd be crying. You know, it was like hard. I'm like, I do not want to do this. I don't want to be here. But I but I knew I had to do it. So how am I going to do it? So I literally make myself these big cards with numbers on it. And every day I would get the satisfaction off of saying, okay, this was being real. This was hell today. But I did it, and I would just take that that number and wad it up, and like, okay, I did it, and throw it in the trash. But there was something very empowering. Did it. That's like all <laughs> I could do that day. But darn it, I did it, and it, it was really empowering. Crumpling, yes, and like ruined. I'm so done. But it, I don't know. That was one little thing that I did that really did help me. Um, that I can see that it's it's a time thing and a mm-hmm. and a triumph thing for yeah. that day yeah it's you you did it you, you did it that day you made it that that day and sometimes isn't that all we can do is like i just made it today made it through today it may not have been pretty but i did it so inspired <laughs> so yeah what else okay so another thing i did was um and i really attribute this to some good friends and family as like I tried to find what was right about my moment and what was funny about my moment even. Everything from what, you know, one of my favorites was my brother-in-law and I made a list of the top 10 benefits of being bald. And we just, we just had so much fun with it. We laughed until we cried. And 
I'll never forget that. You know, it just helped. It just helped to find something funny. Did you write funny. those things down? We did. I still have still that have list. Them? I still have it. And so that really helped me. The other thing was, um, so finding humor in, in a very terrible situation. Mm-hmm. But, but I did. I did find moments to laugh and to whatever. The other thing I did was I, it sounds so terrible, but I did try to think about, okay, what is right and this this is so sad, but I think about okay, I'm I'm bald today because I'm trying to save my life because I have hope. But people during the Holocaust, that is not why they were bald, and they did not have hope. And it could be I, I tried to really think about my circumstance could be worse. I have hope. I have you know I could be someone who was diagnosed with a cancer that there isn't a cure for. You know, that helped a lot. Wow. I'm sort of speechless. Yeah, it's such a, it sounds, in a way, it sounds bad. No, 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 no. Because, I mean, I can see, we just, we happened to watch Jojo Rabbit Mm -hmm. last night, which Mm -hmm. is basically a Nazi, um, but it it wasn't, it wasn't a sad movie. Mm -hmm. So there was nothing, I mean, as far as anything about that cannot be sad. Right. But it just led me to, in my mind, when we have visited the Holocaust Museum and, just anything in your life mm-hmm. you could probably take yeah. and then extract the blessing that is right. that you're having out of it and right even even in the worst of it right and the little things like okay not li- this isn't little this was big it's like okay i can't work and i ended up not being able to work for uh almost a year well, I mean, I didn't have an income. Well, I, luckily, I had had I had a lot of savings, and and then my grandmother said, "Why don't you move in with me?" And I, you know, all these little things happened where financially, what could have like been devastating, ended up being really a wow, kind of a neutral place. It, like I, it didn't. Anyways, you know what I'm, I can't say the words, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And so, finding finding what's right in the tragedy or in that hard place, I think is very important. And I bet that was a real, um, I mean, what a wonderful thing for your grandmother to be able to do oh. that as a retired nurse. Oh, gosh. Gave her a real sense of purpose and yeah. to be able to do that for you. Yeah, I can't. I mean, she's she's gone now, but I, I just yeah. like, oh, I just, what she did for me, the gift, and my mom too. They were both so amazing to help take care of me. Yeah. So it's people, people, people. It is. Isn't it, it people? It is all about people. It is, Tammy. It's about accepting help and yes. offering help yes. and staying strong and making good choices and mm-hmm. all of those things. You did all of those things mm. despite yeah. some pretty severe suffering. Yeah. And, and, you know, little, I, I found quotes, scripture, things that just made me think positively. And I literally made posters uh, and I put them up in my hospital room. Uh, I had students at the time who made some beautiful posters to encourage me. I would always put those up. So I think surrounding your space to as much as possible with positivity to just be a constant reminder, you know, to think on what's right and do you have pictures of any of that? I don't as I really don't. <gasps> really? You know, it was such a it seems like it was not that long ago. It was nineteen years ago and there was no I guess it was pre like cell phone right, as no, far as camera. Yeah. So I have very few pictures of that time in my life. 
But if you have any, I would love to see them. I will show you what I have. I would love to see them. Yeah. I don't, I just, I hardly remember. Yeah. Well, I do too. So in some ways. That time period, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But But tell us sort of going forward then. So Mm -hmm. went through that. They told you you would be healed. Right. You were. Yep. Never again. Nope. Now, I will say that one of the things people don't realize if they haven't walked with through cancer with someone is there's just one of the things that happened after that was just a mental battle of fear that it would return. And that's that's another whole, you know, chapter. But just trying to overcome the fear that this could come back. and But every year it's gotten easier. I was going to say, is that still there? No. Um, if I were to get a, a, a pain again, which has happened, and it's just, you know, that's life, that's being human, I, I would find myself going there. For example, um, yeah. So, which gets to a story of when I became pregnant with my first son, and I thought my cancer had returned, oh, and I was what? scared to death. Yes. Well, now, were you left with an ovary? One, or one ovary, one ovary, and um, so really, the chemo kind of puts all of that on your body on hold Mm -hmm. so my doctor told me she said if that if everything sort of kicks back into gear then you have a chance that you could get pregnant but otherwise you're not going to be able to so so um things did Mm kind of kick back into gear for me but just being very transparent because of all the, the chemo stuff I was on some medication even when I got married this was five or six years later where I was still not supposed to get pregnant without going through some channels. So I was, I was, I was prevent, trying to prevent pregnancy. You were still on medication related to your cancer? Yeah, or just from some of the side effects of it that were not good. Like they could harm, harm um, a baby. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause birth effects and things. So anyways, so I, I was married my husband and I pretty much had accepted we would never have children. I, I d- honestly, I didn't really think that I could, you know, because of just the side effects of everything. Right. And um, and we just sort of accepted that would be our life. He had three children. I loved them. I, you know, I was happy. You raised them together. Yes. They're it was, wonderful. It was great. You know, wonderful. Yeah. I just didn't even think, I didn't even think I needed that, honestly. So we're going along. We'd been married, I don't know, six months. <laughs> you know, once again, being transparent, we were not even. This was something where I felt like even if I could have gotten pregnant, I absolutely shouldn't because it'd be dangerous for the baby. Yeah. I just start having some weird symptoms. You were symptoms. only married six months? Yeah, I don't remember yeah, that either. Yeah, okay. it, I started having some weird symptoms, and I, I'm like, I went to him. I'm like, hun, I think my cancer may be back. Like, this is not good. And um, I had missed my period and stuff. And so, um, which I thought that would be a symptom or something, you know, because it's ovarian type cancer. And, right. you know, why would you not? Yeah. I would think your mind would probably go there. Yeah. So I call my uh, um, oncologist and I say, hey, I need to make an appointment because I think my cancer may be back. I'm starting to have a lot of symptoms. And I start describing them to her and she literally laughed at me and she said, you need to take a pregnancy (laughs) test. You sound pregnant. Like what? I I mean, I was done. Like I could not believe it. Not once. (laughs) 
I just knew my cancer was back. So, so anyways, I go and sure enough, I, I was pregnant and, uh, so I could Yay. not believe it. Oh, it was unreal. And, uh, I, I thought, I don't know. I went to my oncologist for follow-up, um, after I'd had the baby and she said, she looked at me and this was really one of those moments. She said, you realize that baby is a miracle. Oh. You realize he shouldn't be here. And I'm like, you definitely helped me realize that with what you just said. You know, it was pretty powerful. Oh, Jennifer, gosh. Yeah. So. Was there concern about his health the whole time? I I was scared the entire time because I was taking medication that could hurt him. Of course, the minute we found out, I found out I stopped. But I didn't, I didn't know. And so, of course, like a lot of moms, you, you think I went, even when he was little, I just kept waiting, you know, is it going to show up? You know, is something yes. going to show up? And, um, no, no, nothing. He was fine. He was fine, yep. Yeah. And then? And then I had a second one. <laughs> yes. So it's just been, it's been an adventure. And he was a surprise too. <laughs> but you think, you know, you think we would have figured did it out. Did you think your cancer was bad? Yeah. No, did I did. That time I did not. You had an idea this time. That we time like, I knew. I'm like, oh yeah, I can get pregnant. And yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> so it was a blessing because, yeah. So now the three children and then the two children. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So So what was the most powerful lesson do you think through all of that Mm, such a good question Tammy people you are you already (laughs) said it people we we need to be there for each other and it's it's hard because we we are fearful like when something Mm -hmm. tragic happens I have a friend who was telling me recently she lost her son um this has been about 10 years ago now but she he was died in a car accident and she said I just needed people and she said they couldn't do it you know they just couldn't be there for me in that season because and she doesn't she's not upset with them or she doesn't blame them but it's so hard to walk beside somebody in tragedy or heartache but boy we need each other so desperately I know we do mm-hmm. and Jennifer has a heart in particular like where do you where do you go from here, Jennifer? Like, what is your passion? What is, what is, and and I'm sure that it's all this this conglomeration of events in your life mm-hmm. that have led you to where you are today. Which you well, you should probably you left teaching. Mm-hmm. I left teaching and uh, to be a mom, but then of course, you know, it's I'm like most women. It's like okay, what else? I love being a mom, but <laughs> and homeschooling and homeschooling, which mm-hmm. has been. Which is a, a full-time job in and of itself, but there's there's something, you know, in me. I've always had passion to help. Like, that's why you, you know, that's why I was in teaching. I loved helping people. And so I still have those same desires, and I, I kind of love helping. Specifically, I have a heart for women, helping, yes. mm-hmm. helping women, helping free us helping support us helping us see how we can be there for one another and being transparent I think is one of the big things for me um what do you mean who being who being transparent with who well about what okay so like (laughs) I'll use an example from my cancer it's like people said hard things to me sometimes 
but they but if I'm never as women if we never share what's been hard in our journey if I never say it was really hard for me when someone said well if you die God's you know, if I never talk about, that was a hard thing for me to hear because I was never thinking about dying until my friend said that. And then she put that seed in my head and I'm, I'm scared. Or um, my friend mm-hmm. said, I, I can't believe this happened to you because I thought you were such a good person. To be just, we can't ever grow if we never have these kinds of conversations. At the same time, to love those friends of mine, to, very, to love them and to know that came from a place of love. Is mm. so important because they need pa- that. I need to be patient with them. They're doing the best they know how. They're that's their mindset. That's their thinking. But also, then for us to have real conversations with one another about, uh, you know, again, I don't quite have the words, but well, and and I've heard your heart before. You know, just like you said, rough patches in our lives, and yeah, not being ashamed, right, of the things that. Maybe you've done or right. said or been or lived or yeah. any of those things. 100%. You yeah. know, even if it's things like, you know, we've talked about this before, like with, with my history of anxiety and mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to talk about it at all. And I don't know why, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. after getting out of the mental hospital, I was certainly embarrassed. And mm-hmm. sort of like you said, even with cancer or whatever it is, people didn't know what to say to me, mm-hmm. especially those first few times we would see people after I was discharged. It was like... Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. afraid to don't know what to say. Right. Um and for whatever reason I'm I'm not. I'm not embarrassed, I'm not ashamed. Right. But so many women come up, you know, after sessions or whatever and they wait until everybody else is gone mm-hmm. and then they'll share, you know. Right. Nobody knows but I'm on medication or nobody right. knows, but I was in the hospital or nobody knows but I struggled with this. And I get there are risks you know, right. In, in many ways, but to be able to support each other and yeah, but see, I think more of us that will stand up and not be afraid to say our own life experiences, the, the more we will empower one another because that, that is strength. There is no strength in hiding our challenges. I don't believe. No, I agree. And I know not everybody's supposed to necessarily do it, but you know, I don't know, just go and share every detail of their life. That's okay, you know. Well, and it doesn't mean they all have to go do it on a stage. Right, right. But at least you're sharing and 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 I believe too and I think you do. What what good is all of that that you've walked through? Yeah. If you're not going to be able to use it right in some way right to help someone else I agree and that's what you do it gives it meaning it gives it like it's like it wasn't for naught you know there was a there's good that can come out of those really hard places in our lives I see that with you yes and you too friends yeah. thanks you too well is there anything else you want my sweet precious wonderful people oh, to hear from you just you've given us a lot yeah it's just you're not alone and I, you know, just for us to raise each other up and, and it, and oh, I'll tell you one other quick thing I think is like, I'm such a perfectionist. So it's like, if I can't do something big for somebody, then I'm like, why am I going to bother? But the, the little, <laughs> the little, it's the little things sometimes that mean the most, you know, like just a card, like if something happens to someone, you, you can't fix it, but you can maybe send a card that says, Hey, just love you simple 
or you know, I, I would be like huge. I want to bake a meal, and I want to like you know, I want to do all this amazing stuff. And it's like okay, I can't, but I can do one thing. Just hey, thinking of you, whatever. Doesn't take a lot. Because well, then it might be a good ending point. I wrote this down earlier. So <laughs> Jennifer and I've already been. We probably talked. 30, 45 minutes before we ever started. (laughs) But um, hopefully you'll be hearing things from us, you know, in the future about some fun things we're going to do together. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we said, and I think it's a perfect thing to end on, is just start helping. Helping. Yeah. Girl, I will put all your information so people can, you know, whether it's, I don't know how much you'll want, you know, following on social media or any of that stuff. But Mm -hmm. Jennifer has a couple of other little initiatives that, she's working on so Mm -hmm. i will put whatever she wants in the show notes and you all can look to her for inspiration so thank you thank you for having me friend love you too see wasn't she amazing so truly i am sad that that is our time for today i hope that you will pass along the inspiration to those in your world going through tough times and i hope if you're going through tough times that you felt inspired and I know you got some ideas to help you get through whatever it is. It may not be cancer, if it's relationship oriented, health oriented, financially oriented, whatever your tough times are, I know you learned something today from Jennifer. So please post on the show notes anything you wanna say about what you learned today or Facebook. And also remember to post those ideas for the hug pin cards. Hopefully it makes sense. If it didn't make sense, just write, hey, this didn't make sense. Can you give me some more to go by? As always, please pass the show link along to a friend or two and subscribe, download, and review wherever you are listening. Head over to TammyWest.com to get information if you would like for me to speak at your next event. And that's where you will find the promised links and pictures to follow and learn more about Jen. I would love for you to follow me on Facebook and all those other crazy social media outlets that I'm trying to do better on. Links are in the show notes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and growing our special community. I pray, as I always do, that each day you remember to love, to serve, to feel worthy, to grow, to connect, to change, and to be the best person you can be for yourself and for the other humans in your world. And until next time, consider yourself hugged.